every weekday from noon to 3 on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. And if you miss any of the show... You can always check out the podcast. Just search AWOD Radio on iTunes and Spotify. We post each hour of the show as well as a best of hour every single day that's available before 4 p.m. ready for your drive home. Grant and Danny take over after me from 3 to 6.30 right here on the home for the Commanders, the Richmond Flying Squirrels, Virginia Tech football, play-by-play, and the best damn sports talk here in town. And the phone lines are open We'd like to make this an interactive radio show, 833-804-0910. If you have a question for AWOD when you're in your car, call in right now, 833-804-0910. Zach, who do we have on the line here? It's Bobby in Mechanicsville. Bob in Mechanicsville. You're on the fan with Adam Epstein. What's up, buddy? Uh, Yeah, talking about Terry McLaurin's uh, injury. Uh, You know, out of an extreme precaution, uh, they might think about just setting him out that first game. See, Arizona. you, you got, got the Cardinals. Out of it's the Cardinals. It should be an easy win. And and look, you're right because it's something that it might linger throughout the season and you want to be extra cautious with it. But he has 19 days, so I, I wouldn't make that decision now if it leads up to it and we get to a few days before kickoff and he's still dealing with it and he's still meeting with the trainers day by day. But don't you want all your starters to be in there week one against the Cardinals and just make sure you get a week one win? Well, yeah, but I want all my starters in there later on when they're against the Eagles and the Cowboys, too. So you're telling me you're – we were talking about it last segment. Concern level about this injury, 1 through 10, where would you say you're at? Uh, I'm at an 8. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't see enough to, from Jahan Dotson? It's turf toe, dude. Yeah, I know. Turf toe scares people. <laughs> yeah, I've had it. That's why I'm saying it. Really? I heard right. you guys talk yeah, Bobby, I want to hear I want to hear your perspective. When you got turf toe, how long were you out? And what sport were you playing? I was playing baseball. Okay. And and I pitched. And uh it was on my left foot and I'm a left hander, so I was, you know, on Ooh. the rubber. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, off. and I was and I felt and I felt fine. And uh, it, then all of a sudden it just started nag it, it nagged me for a year. Oh. Oh man, I don't like to hear I that. Was, no, and and, and see, he's going. You know, you know, the the guy most wanting to play uh, against Arizona is Terry McLaurin. Yeah, uh, he wants to play more than all of us wanting to play. But <laughs> but we probably you know we need to at least think about it, even if he's not showing any symptoms. Uh, another week off of that foot with good treatment uh, might pay off down the road. No, it's a good point. No, it's a good point. Bobby, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate you chiming in. Phone lines are open. It's 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. So if you're going to hold McLaurin out week one, I mean, you're going to need Jahan Dotson to step up, Cole Turner to step up. You're going to need more from Curtis Samuel and De'Ami Brown. Um, look, I kind of I get his point there because you want to start the season, and if there was any game to sit him out, the Cardinals, it seems like it's going to be a win. Now, I, I look, you don't know what's going to happen week one. Maybe Kyler Murray comes back, and all of a sudden that offense is buzzing. But you look at the Cardinals on paper, you think we should be able to beat them without Terry McLaurin. Yeah. If we just run the ball down their throat with Gibson and Brian Robinson. 
And you look at how uh, they're proceeding with an abundance of caution with Chase, too. Yeah. It's like Stinger, the guys in street clothes. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, I don't know. Hopefully, it's not too serious. But well, just, that does raise a good point. That's, that would, that's one thing that could just derail this entire season, is if the injuries start to add up, right? I mean, we did not play our starting defensive line. And I think we're not talking enough about Jonathan Allen's injury as well, right? Because plantar fasciitis might be just as bad or worse than tough t- turf toe. Right, I've seen it hold an NBA player out for an entire season. So if there's something that's going to hold the Commanders back this season, we know it's not going to be the owner anymore. Dan Snyder's out the building. Could be injuries. I think if it's one position that you can get away with, that you have great depth in, especially with Brown coming on, he seems to be a favorite also along with Dotson for Howell. Yeah. This would be your your group that you could afford to sit somebody right. out. We can't afford to sit out a, a linebacker. You know, we can't afford to sit out an offensive lineman. Line, yeah. But wide receiver, yeah, you know what? It's not bad. But here's what I will say. I don't want to talk about the injury news because it's the one negative when there's so much buzz and excitement around the commanders right now. And if we could just get a win week one, I think the phone lines are going to be ringing left and right. I think the television ratings are going to be unbelievable. I think there is an energy in this town right now. All they need to do is just win week one. There was excitement last night all over social media from snapping a preseason streak. Harbaugh didn't care about that, but Washington did. I saw it. Was it on TV where they posted the photo of training camp in 2022 versus yep. training camp 2023? Yeah. Dude. It's night and day. That says it all. It's night and day. It's like there was an earthquake at one picture, and then the <laughs> next one was just regular just day. Like a one empty Redskins chair, and then two dudes like in the background just sitting down, and that was yeah. it. No, last year, the only guy that was at training camp was Tailgate Ted. Now <laughs> yeah. it's Tailgate Ted and 100 of his closest friends. Yeah. Or should I say 10,000 of his closest friends? I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. I did want to play the clip of Kevin Sheehan, who I like listening to on the Team 980. He joined the Sports Junkies this morning to talk about the buzz and the excitement surrounding the Washington Commanders ahead of the start of the 2023 season. Yeah, I mean, I I had uh, several people who texted me saying this was better last night. It was better last night than it was for most of the regular season games over the last few years. Right. With the exception of maybe one or two. But, look, there is excitement. I mean, Dan is gone, and um, we've got the the handshaker in Josh Harris that was awkward. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I actually put that on Buck, by the way. I think Buck just left him hanging there. There we go. But, uh yeah, there's Dan's gone there. You, we knew there would be a bump um, and, you know, it, it'll I think it'll climb back. Is the is the opener has Jason or anybody out there said that the opener is a sellout at this point? Because I, my guess is it will be. I said it would be a sellout I don't six think, months ago, but I don't it's think not official. A, I don't think it's official. Cakes wants his credit. <laughs> can the can the commander's preseason excitement spill into the regular season? Eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. I believe it can, and I believe it will. And I agree with Cakes. Week one will be sold out. I thought the whole season, all the home games were sold out. I thought it was all secondary market. There's right now. no, there's a lot of season ticket holders that are jumping back in, and they're selling season tickets. But oh, you can still just, get so tickets right now. PSLs. Then. Yeah, you oh, can okay. still get tickets right now. Um, my my buddy wanted to go to the game last night, and I turned him down. And then when we were watching the game, I was like, darn it. I, I could have been there. For a preseason game, that was pretty well attended. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a lot of commanders. Right. And, you, and you're thinking, Baltimore's right down the road. I mean, Landover is in Maryland. You know, 
There's a lot of Ravens fans in Maryland that could have came to that game. They stayed at home because they didn't want because they knew Lamar Jackson wasn't playing, and Commanders fans came out in bundles. That's a couple of. Uh, did you see the guys in the in the Josh Allen jersey in the Bills hat? No, I didn't. <laughs> He's just like totally representing just, Buffalo. Just I'm game. an NFL guy. I'm <laughs> yeah. a football guy's football guy, yeah. and there's a football game. This I'll be my, there. This is my team. Yeah, it's my team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the New Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. So we've been doing a ton of football talk on the show today. We're going to switch things up, catch you up on anything you might have missed around Hollywood and entertainment. I'll tell you why I am all the way out on The Golden Bachelor. That's on Netflix coming up next. <laughs> Are you ready to join the AWOD Army? Tune in to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM every day from noon to 3 on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910, the fan now at 105.1 FM. So we will talk some UVA football with Greg Medea. He'll join us in about 15 minutes, then I'll give you my final takeaways from the Commanders' preseason win against the Baltimore Ravens. It just felt so good to, one, beat Baltimore, two, to end their win streak, and three, to have slinging Sammy Howell throwing effing rockets all across the field. I mean, it was just awesome last night. But now it's time to catch you up on anything you might have missed around the world of Hollywood and entertainment. Tom Cruise, Jennifer Lawrence, Leonardo DiCaprio, and more on Netflix. Netflix, the best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. So, Zach, you know we like to do a bit on our show here where we are either all the way in or all the way out. In or out. In or out. In or out. Simple as that. And I saw a trailer last night for ABC's new show, The Golden Bachelor, that will debut Thursday, September 28th, featuring Jerry Turner, a 71-year-old man. He stars in the show Seeking Love. And the thing that threw me off about the trailer was Jerry Turner himself, that old geezer, saying, I don't normally date 25 women, but I'm about to. And I am so out! I'm out! I'm out! Why do I want to watch a 70-year-old man find love? What is what is that exciting for Unless me? Unless he's, like, absolutely hilarious. But right. I'm not only out on this, I, I've never been in one iota on the bachelor on the bachelor franchise see i will be honest with you my mom watched it and my sister watched it and i got into the bachelor in paradise because it's younger couples they're all smoke shows and then you know basically they're just smushing they're just hooking up left and right left and right left and right oh i'm gonna hook up with you and then i'm gonna cheat on you with another person so i kind of find my found myself interested in the bachelor in paradise for a little while and i did want to say that ABC is bringing back two Bachelor shows. They're going to have The Bachelor in Paradise that will follow The Golden Bachelor that will begin Thursday, September 28th. But I'm just, I'm so out on The Bachelor, The Golden Bachelor. This has prompted a call. Oh, really? Yes. Who's on the line? It's a woman. Oh, 
A woman has called in the show. Okay, who is it? It's your mom. Oh my gosh! You put my mom on the line here. I, I, she called. All right. Mom, how are you doing today? Hi, son. How are you? I'm doing good. So I know that you are a big-time fan of The Bachelor, right? How long? How many years yeah. have you been watching that series? Since the beginning. Seriously, I think I have not missed a season, and I think it started in, like, 2002 or three. Um, I have watched everyone. Okay, so you've been so, so basically you've been watching it forever. When you heard the news that yeah. they were going to have a 71-year-old man star in this show and be seeking love, were you all the way in or all the way out? Oh, all the way in. Why? Really cool. <laughs> I, I should have tried out for it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> have you seen this guy Jerry Turner? Do you think he's an attractive 71-year-old man? He's very attractive. He's very, very attractive. Um, he's a widow. He's from the Midwest. Uh, Loaded. He lost his wife to a bacterial infection in 2017. They oh, my God. You know story. this guy's bio. <laughs> oh, they had, they had him. They interviewed him. And uh, this was just last week, I think, that when they had the men tell the men tell all. Then they have the little promo for the Golden oh my Bachelor. Gosh. So basically, they've yeah. done The Bachelor. <laughs> then they've done The Bachelorette. Then they did Bachelor in Paradise, which I did admit I yeah. watched because it was young smoke shows hooking up. <laughs> but now they've got the Golden Bachelor. I mean, what's yeah. next? Uh, the the Grandfather Bachelor? Are they going to have, <laughs> an, uh, you know, a 21-year-old? What's next for this show? <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm sure they're going to, you know, if they get good ratings, they'll continue. And then they'll probably have, like, the women that he didn't pick, you know, they'll maybe be the Golden Bachelorette, oh. and, I, and they'll continue. Oh, my I gosh. really think if this does well, and I, I really think it will, I really do. Is this, Mom, is this like um, the, is this the lead talk at your, like, Bunko Club? <laughs> is this the big talk at Book Club? <laughs> no, not really, but... <laughs> It's just Not you. Really, but it's just you watching. It's me. And, 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 and your sister. We're, we're pretty oh, into it. Yeah. What is she into this 71-year-old man for? <laughs> Gosh. Mom, don't you have other shows to watch? You still haven't caught up on The Last Kingdom, Uhtred, Son of Uhtred. <laughs> I was talking with my boss about that today, about The, the Last Kingdom. Anyway. <laughs> so you are all in on The Golden Bachelor, huh? going to be that much different from the regular bachelor you know? i don't know it's going to be it's going to be cringeworthy you know, when we'll he's have... when he's grabbing for blue pills and all that i'm out mom i'm out <laughs> yeah. and you know what don't talk to me about this show i don't care if you're watching i don't want to hear about it all right i know you're going to want to call you're, me you're being, you're being an agent you are really oh, being an man. agent and i don't i didn't raise you to, i didn't raise you like that Come no no on. i love old you're people you know you know i love old people i just don't want to hear about their love life that that's the i'm well, out you on that what? you're assuming he's going to need blue pills how do you don't assume that yeah. um <laughs> they're not going to show that on the on the tv i don't think um <laughs> it's going to be you know him relating to to women that you know have are probably of similar age and stage in life and well, probably have been married. You know what? I should have just cut you off when you said you wanted to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mom, before we let you go, is there any other TV shows or movies that you're watching that we should check out? 
Uh, Project Runway, I love oh, that, but they, you'll never you you would watch Golden Bachelor five hundred times before you'd watch Project Runway. Yeah, I know. How, how about Barbecue <laughs> Showdown? Did you ever finish my favorite show? I didn't finish. I I have to finish that. We're down to um, Logan. I love Logan and um, and the big guy. What's his name? Um, I don't know. The big guy. I don't remember his name. <laughs> Did you did you see Barbie? I do. No, I do. I, I'm, you know, I'm all about cooking shows. I love food shows. Mom, did you see Barbie? I did. What did you think? Excellent. And I also saw Oppenheimer. Oh, you know, your your, your mom. You know, she's very cultural. Yeah, but I'm a Barbenheimer fan. <laughs> <laughs> I like I liked both of them a lot. Um, and you haven't seen either, I bet. No, I was too busy hosting Richmond's biggest event ever this Saturday. Oh, yeah, you missed it. AWOD's Football Festival. Yeah, our cousin Brian was there. I haven't seen him in 15 years, and you were too busy. I know. <laughs> I, heard, I heard about him from Ariel. And you told me that, that everybody was sipping on this crazy drink with the Jack Daniels and Coke with a cherry. Yeah, the, the AY bomb. bomb. The AWOD bomb, yeah. AWOD bomb. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Sold 33 of yes. them, none of them to Amy. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm visiting you. Don't forget, I'm coming on Sunday. I know. You're only coming because I promised to take you to Luster by Adolf. <laughs> no, that's not the only reason. <laughs> no, I love I love coming to visit you and staying in Scotland. All right, don't you have I like don't you have lawyer meetings to take care of? Get off the radio. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later. You got me you got me revved up now. I know. Okay, I'll, I'll report back on on Gold Batcher. Right. It debuts Bye. late September. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Now, you know, Zach, there was a new trailer that dropped um, for a movie called Freelance, and I'm actually all in on this. Oh, who's in that? John Cena and Allison Brie. Are you ready to join the AWOD Army? Tune in to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM every day from noon to 3 on AWOD Radio. AWOD Radio. Every weekday from noon to 3. On Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 1051 FM. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 1051 FM. Phone lines are open 833 804 0910. Even my mom chimed in 833 804 0910. So we did University Drive earlier on the show, previewing all of the local schools here in Virginia. College football season right around the corner. And UVA begins their season with a very tough test against Tennessee, the 12th-ranked Volunteers, on the road, oh yeah, in Tennessee, in Nashville, the home of the Titans. So that's going to be a tough one. And joining us right now to talk a little UVA football, here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, covers UVA for the Daily Progress. It's Greg Medea. What's going on, Greg? Oh, not much, Adam. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. So I do want to start with this. The quarterback battle in Virginia. Is it a, is it a battle or is it Tony Musket's job? 
Uh, it, it, it's over. It's, it's Tony Musket's job. He, okay. he was the favorite all along, Adam. So I don't even think it was a really a, a true battle. They kept it as an open competition. Uh, he was the favorite since he arrived from Monmouth. Battled a little bit with Jay Wolfolk during the spring, back when, when Wolfolk was still pulling double duty uh, between between Disharoon Park and the practice fields uh, next to the McHugh Center in Charlottesville. Uh, and, and then once Wolfolk decided to, to just put his future uh, focus on baseball uh, and, and move on from football, uh, there was a little bit of competition, I guess, uh, between Musket and Anthony Calandria, but not enough, not nearly enough for, for the freshman Calandria to overtake Musket, uh, the, the, the transfer veteran. Uh, so Musket's the quarterback. Yeah, I thought it was pretty clear cut from the get-go. Uh, it became official on Monday when, when Tony Elliott addressed the media, though. Yeah, Elliott said Calandria battled all the way to the end. We're really excited about the development and the progress he made, but Tony had a great last week, and he will be our QB1. Uh, what do you think he showed the coaching staff in spring ball and training camp to be named QB1? Yeah, I think first and foremost, there, there's a leadership aspect and a familiarity with the offense. At Mammoth, they ran a very similar scheme system to what Virginia wants to do and wants to be under Elliott and offensive coordinator Des Kitchings. Uh, heavy, heavy run game, uh, but balanced enough to throw the play action, so he's comfortable uh, with that. Uh, and then you, you throw in the fact that he's kind of been through the ringer a little bit as a college player uh, at Monmouth, 51 touchdowns compared to 16 interceptions over three seasons there, a two-time all-conference player, albeit at the FCS level. Uh, but he's been through it a little bit. I think that mattered. And then uh, he, he improved from the spring to the fall, uh, it, it, or spring through August training camp, I should say. Uh, from what Des Kitchings, the offensive coordinator, told me uh, last week was was that you know he, he thought Tony was getting rid of the ball quicker uh, this training camp compared to the spring. He, he said he thought Musket had picked it up a little bit uh, for, from that point of view and had really been tested by Virginia's veteran defense. Uh, and, and made some improvements. So uh, I think a combination of those three things. When you look at this week one matchup against Tennessee, what do you want to see from UVA? I mean, look, honestly, it's not going to be a fun game to watch, you know, but I want to see the offense put some points on the board, even if they're giving up 50 defensively. Yeah, I, I think I think first and foremost, you want to see Virginia run the ball, right? Last year, going into Elliott's first year at, at the helm, uh, you'd heard over and over again about how they wanted to run the football and be physical. Uh, you, if you can do it against Tennessee, you probably can do it against some other folks on your schedule. Uh, Kitchings had said yesterday that, that he thought he thought Tennessee's front seven was, was outstanding, knew they were getting some uh, transfer reinforcements too uh, to replace some of the, the talent that they lost. Uh, but, but overall, the, the structurally, Tennessee's set up to stop the run. Uh, so if you, if you kind of think about that, if, if, if you believe if, if Virginia goes out and shows it can run the ball better uh, and they're hoping uh, a whole off season really dedicated to, to making sure that offensive line is improved between what they did in the transfer portal and, and also uh, the adjustments made under a new old line coach and Terry Heffernan, uh, you know, you want to see some of that come to fruition week one uh, against a team that that's going to be very, very, very tough defensively in Tennessee. I know they're outstanding on offense, but they're also pretty good on defense, too. That's Saturday, September 2nd, 12 noon 
in Nashville. So I guess that would be considered a neutral site game, even though you know there's going to be a lot of volunteer fans there. But I do think UVA fans are going to show up and travel. You know, when I spoke with Chris Graham from the Augusta Free Press, he told me he has to be there. Based off of the emotion that the UVA fan base went through at the end of last season, he thinks they're going to show up in bunches September 2nd. I think there will be a good number of, of Virginia fans uh, it, not, not nearly as many as <laughs> Tennessee will have in the crowd. Uh, but I, I think there is, at least from the fan base, uh, uh, a want to support uh, this team post-tragedy. I think you, you obviously see more of it come September 9th when they open their home schedule against James Madison uh, at Scott Stadium. Uh, but, but I think you'll see some Virginia fans travel. I know uh, UVA has, has some Nashville natives, too, on their roster. Dameek Starling, a wide receiver. Uh, Chico Bennett spent his high school, uh, some of his high school years uh, at a school in Nashville. Same thing with Michael Diotta, defensive tackle. Uh, Noah Josie's from, from Brentwood, Tennessee, uh, not too far from Nashville. So I guess those, those, those players will have plenty of, of folks in the stands uh, to, to help support the Cavaliers uh, as, as they, they play their first game. Uh, post post that tragic shooting last November. It's Greg Medea with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. He is a UVA beat writer at the Daily Progress. Read his work online, dailyprogress.com, and follow him on social media at Greg Medea. So what would you set the win total at for UVA? Give me an over-under. I think a fair over-under is, is probably three and a half, right? I think that's, that's, that's probably fair if you're, if you're looking at Vegas. The, the non-conference schedule is daunting, right? I mean, you talk about ten, we talked about Tennessee already. Uh, James Madison is, is as tough of a group of five opponent as, as there is in the country probably, uh, given their track record of success, not only at the FCS level, but what they did last year going eight and three in their first year in the FBS uh, Maryland is improved. Going to College Park will not be easy. Uh, so their non-conference schedule doesn't do them any favors. Uh, so I think probably just, just based on what happened last year uh, on the field, uh, some unknowns with Virginia's offensive line, question at quarterback, right, with a new quarterback. I know he's won the job and it's been clear-cut from the get-go, but you still haven't seen him do it a game at this level, uh, moving from the FCS to the FBS. I think their defense, though, and I've said this to you before, Adam. I think their defense will keep them in games, mm. uh, games that, that that maybe they you don't think they can win. But I think because they're they're feeling pretty good about their D line, linebackers, and even their safeties, uh, I think Virginia's defense will be able to keep them in games. John Rodzinski did a great job last year. Uh, they they reduced their points per game given up uh, significantly. Uh, so I, I think. You, you throw that in and giving them another year in that system to improve, uh, and they, they should be able to stay in games because of their defense. Well, if the defense is going to be decent and Tony Elliott's supposed to be an offensive guy, the way he schemes things up, I mean, that's a recipe for success. You just you want to see positive momentum in the program with year two of Tony Elliott. And so, you know, you mentioned the quarterback change. I'm going to ask you, which position group is going to be greatly improved from last season I don't think the answer is quarterback because Brendan Armstrong was so great a few seasons ago. Now you bring in Musket, and although he might be serviceable, I don't think he's going to be as good with the arm talent that Brendan Armstrong has. So what position group is going to be greatly improved from last season where the fan base can say, hey, there is some positive momentum in the program? 
Yeah, I'll say I'll say this about the quarterback spot. As good as Armstrong was in 2021, it, it was a little bit of a disaster last year with the turnovers, right? It was a 7-12 to 12 touchdown to interception ratio. I don't think they need, need Musket to, to be as, uh, I, I don't know, have, have as many wow moments as Armstrong did two years ago. Uh, but I think they need him to just take care of the ball better than Armstrong did, and they, they should have a chance to be in some games. You know, I think about some of those close losses they had last year in which they turned the ball over. North Carolina comes to mind. Miami comes to mind. If you have the quarterback and the offense take care of the football a little better, maybe there are some different results last season. So I think they just need Musket to do a better job taking care of the ball uh, than Armstrong did a season ago. I think w- what you're looking at from a position point of view, it's that D-line. Uh, that that was good last year. I think they've got a chance to step up and and be not only better than they were uh, a season ago, but one of the better units in the ACC and maybe even the country with what they've got. Uh, It seems like they've avoided uh, the worst with Chico Bennett's injury. He was off the crutches uh, when when we were at practice on Monday. Uh, and, And you look at the depth and the experience. That group should be able to get to the opposing quarterback. And maybe uh, if they can get home with four or, you know, maybe five with one extra blitzer, they can take pressure off some of the new cornerbacks, which is a, a another question for Virginia, right? They lost Anthony Johnson and Fentrell Cypress, Johnson to the NFL, Cypress to Florida State via the transfer portal. Uh, Their new cornerbacks in Sam Westfall, Malcolm Green, Colin King sliding over from safety to corner, uh, maybe Keandre Walker, a freshman, if they can get some pressure without bringing a lot of extra blitzers from the D-line, it can help them mask some things in the secondary that, that maybe they're a little unsure about heading into the year. So no Richmond for UVA this season, but three in-state games, James Madison, William & Mary, and then you end the season with Virginia Tech. Remember, they didn't play that game last year after the tragedy. What are you predicting Virginia's record will be inside the state of Virginia? Whew. That's 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 a tough question. Yeah. I think they'll beat William and Mary. Uh, the James Madison game will be very tough. Uh, Virginia Tech game. It'll be so interesting because you don't know what the two teams will look like toward the end of the season, right? Whoever wins that game is probably going to be the team that's most healthy uh, and, and, and what team has improved the most throughout the course of the year, uh, considering expectations externally are not high for either uh, the the Hokies or the Hoos. I guess the key game will be that 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 September ninth date against the Dukes. Uh, JMU, a team that that's ascended and, and probably going to be hungry for for a win and, and prove that that they're probably that they're trying to be uh, you know the best program in the state and then Virginia trying to hold them off uh, in doing so and also uh, probably dealing with a ton of emotion uh, that Saturday uh, when when Scott Stadium's filled for the first time since the tragedy and that the home fan base uh, comes out. Uh, for the first for the first time since last year, gets the chance to support them. I think that's that's the key game. If they can win that game, uh, you know, you're, you're talking early. That that's that's a good win, and that 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 means you're you're not getting out of September winless, right? I mean, I think that's such an important deal considering what else is on the schedule in September uh, with Tennessee at Maryland, uh, home date with NC State and Brennan Armstrong, and then a trip to Boston College. So I think that JMU game is is pretty key for them early, just to try to get some positive momentum. Uh, in September. Dukes Dukes are no joke, though, man. Having covered that program before, they, they'll be ready. That's Greg Medea. Follow his work online at Greg Medea and read it at The Daily Progress. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it.
Yeah, Adam, anytime. Thanks. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. We've got the final segment coming up next. Do you care about the Commanders winning a meaningless preseason game and ending the streak for the Ravens? AWOD Radio, every weekday from noon to 3 on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910, the fan now at 105.1 FM. So slinging Sammy Howell throws it all over the field in the first half, puts 17 points on the board, and Washington goes into halftime with a 17-14 lead. Baltimore Ravens come out in the second half with Anthony Brown as the starting quarterback, still giving carries to Melvin Gordon, Justice Hill, Keaton Mitchell, and they're able to go right down the field for a score and retake the lead away from Washington, 21-17. to Well, the Commanders would then hit a bunch of field goals, literally field goal after field goal after field goal, thanks to the leg of Joey Sly, who went three for three with a long of 49 yards and two extra points. That helped Washington climb back into the game and then take the lead thanks to Jake Fromm driving down the field. He finished the game 10 of 16 for 91 yards and one touchdown pass. And so Washington sends Joey Sly onto the field with 15 seconds left to kick the game-winning field goal, and that's exactly what he does, nailing a 49-yarder. Baltimore gets the ball back, throws an interception, and the Commanders get into victory formation. So what does this mean to you? Does it signal a culture change in Washington? Like I told you yesterday, I believed it would if the team won. And I'm here to tell you today, I absolutely agree with my own point from yesterday. Washington winning that game in front of a packed crowd of Commanders fans with your owner in the booth on Monday Night Football with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, something Dan Snyder would never even think of doing, and the team wins with a game-winning field goal on a final drive, a last-second field goal? That, to me, does signal a culture change here. And that the offense, you know, the offense came out and put a field goal on the board, and that could have been it. It could have said, you know what, we're going to run the ball. We've seen enough of Sam Howell. It's only against second stringers. But Eric Bieniemy wanted to see more from Sam Howell. And so he schemed up a couple deep passes, 16 yards to McLaurin, 16 yards to Cole Turner, 13 yards to Jahan Dotson, and boom, the team moved down the field and put 17 points on the board in the first half. Last year, Washington averaged 19 points per game. The enemy's crew was on pace for 34 against a solid Baltimore defense. That does signal a culture change here in Washington. And like I said before, I don't think the offense is going to be the reason this team loses games this year. I'm pretty confident in the enemy, the running backs with Gibson and Brian Robinson, all the weapons we have at wide receiver, and Sam Howell's ability to not be scared, not be afraid to make a mistake. He made a terrible mistake taking a 13-yard sack. Bounce back next play on third and long with a 17-yard pass to Cole Turner. So to me, that was a big win, and it does mean a lot, not just for the fan base, but for that locker room. To see those guys celebrate at home 
with the new ownership, something they barely got to do last year. Why? Because we were constantly dealing with a home field that had zero home field advantage. Zero, zippy, nada, nothing. Now, all of a sudden, the place is rocking and the team gets a win. That is the start of the Josh Harris era that, oh, yeah, in case you haven't been paying attention, has started 2-0. Yeah, it's preseason, but we're undefeated with Josh Harris being the owner. How did the Baltimore Ravens feel about the loss? Well, let's take a listen to their coach, Harbaugh, after the game. You're proud of it, of course. You know, you appreciate it. But the thing that you're proud of is all those games are mostly just like that. You know, preseason games that people want to write, write about, some of you in here want to write about and say they don't mean anything because you never played the game. You never were out there in a preseason game. You never were fighting for a spot on the team. And yet you have the audacity to say that the effort that somebody puts into that to win and fight and win a game like that is meaningless. Tell me it was meaningless out there what you just saw. If you like football, is that a meaningless football game? I totally agree with Harbaugh there. I mean, that was one of the most exciting preseason games I've ever seen. That's exactly what you want. I was and you know what? In. And you know what I feel great about? The fact that the outcome had a W next to the W for commanders. So yes, that mattered to me. And all I want is positive momentum heading into the regular season. You won't see Sam Howell again. He's not going to wear pads next week. He's not going to strap a helmet on. He's going to be in the sideline with a jersey on and being an offensive coordinator for for Jake Fromm or maybe Jacoby Brissett. The next time you see Sam Howell step onto the field for the commanders, it will be week one against the Arizona Cardinals. And so that's why it did mean a lot to me to have some positive momentum, to get 17 points in the first half, basically the same amount we scored in the entire game most of last season. And then you come out with, or come away with the win thanks to Joey Sly's field goal. And, and yeah, believe me, I was worried about Joey Sly missing that kick because he missed a lot of kicks last year as well. That's why we started training camp with a kicking competition, but he's won that competition, and he's given me some confidence in his ability to hit game-winning kicks. We know it's going to come down to that this season. It's not like Washington has the most talent in the league and we're going to win 17 games this year. We'll be lucky to win 9 or 10. My prediction is 10-7. and seven. The only way that happens is if we play complimentary football like we did against the Ravens. The offense was scoring. The defense created a turnover. Quan Martin, interception in the end zone. And special teams gets the victory thanks to Joey Salai's leg. How about that? Is he the beefiest kicker oh, you yeah. ever saw? Oh, yeah. And that's why I'm proud that to say. He kick field goals, 49-yard field goals with his arms. He's also a hokey. Let's go. Oh, okay. Let's go. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Love ourselves some Joey Sly. Yeah, he's, he definitely uh, lifts his arms more than he does leg day. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? He's like, dude, I'm kicking field goals. I don't need to squat and, and do that. I'll just bench press and work on my biceps. <laughs> right? Because he does look jacked. Like, I, here's what I will say. You know how once every three years there's a field goal that falls short and the opposing team tries to return it for a touchdown? Not on Joey Sly. Not on He's going to run watch. back and, and knock out the kick returner because he can hit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fired up. You know who else is fired up? Grant and Danny. Grant and Danny can be heard right here on 910 The Fan from 3 to 6.30. We're also the home of the Washington Commanders. And, of course, you can hear that on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free and just search 910 The Fan. It's the best app out there for play-by-play, VCU basketball, Virginia Tech football, the Flying Squirrels, and your Washington Commanders. The Odyssey app gives you the ability to pause, rewind, and pick up 
right where you left off. Zach, appreciate the work you did today. Anything we missed in the sports world, or did we cover it all? Guess we didn't get into that Jonathan is a Taylor. Rocket right there. Oh, that's that that's was the best. New, clip. That's our new favorite drop. Yeah, one more that time. That is a fucking rocket right there. Yeah, for your boy. Yeah, I, I you know what? I, I'm pro Pat McAfee. That's <laughs> that's also a beefy punter right there. <laughs> what a guy. I'm Adam Epstein. You've been listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105. 1FM. I'll be back tomorrow at 12 noon. It's Grant and Danny coming up next.